Oh, Elsevier, I saw her at the prom. Elsevier? I don't even know her! <laughs> March 22nd, 2023, and this is Rare Encounter, encounter number 138, and not dead yet, I'm Abel Kirby. And driving around in circles, I'm Cold Acid. You just turn the wheel to the right, step on the gas. God, I, for I forgot my fucking keys at the office. Oh, jeez. So I, I leave the office, I get my burrito, I get home, no keys. <sighs> I'm like, <laughs> fuck. I can't believe, no, I don't, I don't keep a secret key under the mat or anything like that. So I had to cram my burrito there in the driver's seat of the Rogue, drive all <laughs> the way back out to the office and all the way back home. Jeez. Ugh. Well, next time you can use a tire iron on that door, uh, maybe the window. I, I'd rather not. I'd like, <laughs> I mean, like my place is is such a wreck as it is that, you know, I don't want to make it worse by making a physical wreck rather than just, like, a mess. Uh, I had some car trouble, too, man. I was, uh, my car was in the shop today. I was getting some electrical work done on it, and I've been sick as a dog, as I've been telling you. And uh, so I have to drop it off the shop. It's about two miles from where I live, and so I drop it off. It's going to be there all day, and so I walk back in the uh, cold, rainy weather here in Union County and uh, fall asleep on my, uh, on my uh, couch. Sleep for a couple hours till I get a phone call to, uh, to walk back. And so then I walked back. I was, I was just barely missed the rain. It almost was pouring rain on me. And I'm like walking like a zombie already. I'm already, uh, already uh, messed up from this cold. And oh, it just took the wind right out of me. I am just completely done. But uh, I got the car back. So I did walk back and get my car. So that's my whole so, day. So at least something went right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last couple times. Ooh, I hear you popping that open. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? It is strawberry haritos. Haritos. All right. <laughs> I just got water. I got a Aquafina that I grabbed at the gas station because I just I was. Yeah, you should have that. water or. Or if this was an anime, some Pokari sweat. They always seem to get that in, as like when somebody comes over to see somebody sick, right? There's always Pokari sweat. There's always making the rice porridge, right? Yeah. Then there's the cold transferring. Yeah. Wink, there's wink. that. There's also there's also <laughs> the there's also the part where like somebody needs the sweat to wiped off them, and the other person gets all embarrassed. Oh uh, yeah. See, this is what I need. Um, especially the cold transferring. I think that's uh, something missed inside Western uh, Western lore. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I do. So I was thinking. I was thinking. Oh, sorry, but I was just gonna say uh, I have uh, also some Hall's uh, cough drops, and the wrappers. Ooh, on that's them, good. They have inspirational phrases, and uh, there's two of them on this one. I wanted to read them to you. The first one says "conquered today." Well. I guess we can always try that tomorrow. And the second one says, hot. <laughs> this one's kind of an insult. This is Hall's taunting you. It says, high five yourself. Hey, I can high five myself. <laughs> no. There, I just high five myself. Huh. No. That's, uh, I don't know. That's pretty lame, Hall's. 
What's this? This so, other one. So I was thinking. Go, I was go thinking, ahead, go and ahead. this conversation. Yeah, I, I was thinking, and this conversation didn't hurt. That we are essentially the Vic Romano and Kenny Blankenship of podcasts. Right, you are, Ken. <laughs> but you know, but you know what? You know that begs the question: Who is our Gila douche? Oh, Gila douche. Oh, Gila douche here uh, on the podcast. Uh, I don't know. Who could Gila douche be our? Uh, could Gila douche be our executive producer for tonight? Gila douche could be my spirit animal. I think uh, I've always been fascinated yeah. by that guy. I well, guess he could be. I, I was know. thinking. Yeah, we've got we've got two donors for tonight's show. Uh, two boosters ahead of the show. One's our executive producer, and the other can be our Captain Tennille. <laughs> okay. So our G- yeah, our Gila douche. Our executive producer for tonight's show is none other than the illustrious Carolyn Blaney of the Hog Story Blaney's. <laughs> and she sent in 88,088 sats with the message, Hey there, microwave your drinks, keep your liquids flowing, be your very best, and listen to Rare Encounter. Oh, thank Good you. Good advice. Thank you, Carolyn. Microwave your drinks, too. <laughs> and then, without a message... Coming in at 5,000 sats, we had Tom Starkweather, and whatever whatever, whatever our audience uh, agrees with him asking about at first, well, you're wrong! <laughs> Tom Starkweather. Wow, I need to get back in touch with Tom. I had a great conversation with him some time ago. I just want to say hi to him. Uh, well, thanks, Tom. Thanks, Carolyn, for uh, sending some sats to the show. And uh, I'm not sure how long these labels will stick, but uh, I guess they're sticking for today. I do like Gila Douche more than mm, the, uh, I do like things that are sticky. Oh, I do like things that are sticky. Oh, come here, baby. Oh, <laughs> I could I could work on that. Yeah, <sighs> maybe maybe you're not only Vic, but you are also Gee. Nah, I wouldn't steal that from Carolyn. She wants to be Gee. Let's okay. See. Let's see. Carolyn can stay gee then. <laughs> well, we, but get... we have we have to hear her. Uh, we have to hear her French fake accent uh, <laughs> next week on Hog Story. Okay, Carolyn. Uh, man, this has been something really. Uh, the the fates have a line to exclude two shows of me. At least me from two shows. The I wanted to give a quick explanation. I haven't heard the latest uh, rare encounter. The one that I wasn't on. Uh, I was traveling. <laughs> I was actually traveling the one before that, the one that was originally supposed to be uh, 137. And I was actually had flown into D.C. and I was in Maryland. And I was going to do the show remote from there. And I had like lugged the whole studio and set up and I was ready to go set up. And, uh, and I found out that we weren't going to be able to do a show that day. So I was uh, a little sad for that. And then the next time around, I was too sick to do it. So I appreciate, uh, I believe it was Sir A1. It was Sir A1 Sauce, yeah. Sir A1 Sauce filling in. Um, and I think this is going to be a cool test of our podcast uh, infrastructure to see <laughs> if episodes can be posted out of order or not. I don't know, because I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, they be should be them. able to, and they should even show up in proper chronological order. The code's there to sort them by date. So I'm excited. But we'd have we'd have to actually set, we'd actually have to set the... Uh, the date for last week's episode to last week. I think we should do that, that to work. I think we should do that and just just test it because I've been excited probably more than anything to try that thing out. Uh, 
But yeah, we have some stuff. My only concern, my only concern isn't with the feed itself, but with players. If it goes like, oh, here's a new episode, and then after we do the post-processing for, uh, like, the post-production work for last week's episode and publish it and have it show up in proper chronological order, the players can go, oh, there's an episode that is, uh, that is before the latest episode. Let's just pretend it doesn't exist. Hmm. Now, there are some really sophisticated podcast feeds that are mainstream now. They're not just not just listing shows in order. Um, there was one that, I don't know if you're familiar with them, it's, it's an American kind of right-leaning political uh, podcast. It's the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. And just to give you some context. Never heard of it. Yeah, they, they took over Rush Limbaugh's spot. Um, and I've heard, I've heard of Buck Sexton, but I've never heard of that podcast or listened to it. So it's a it's a... Really right-leaning, it's conservative radio, talk radio, in the style of, um, you know, the Rush Limbaugh show. But I want to draw attention to their RSS feed because they do some things differently than uh, most of the other feeds out there. It's Their show is a three-hour show, and during the day, it, they cut out hour one and they release it as hour one of the podcast. And then they cut out hour two and they release it as hour two of the podcast, kind of as it's going, and then hour three shows up. Um, and they end up in reverse chronological order. So let's see, is that the right word for it? So hour one is the top listed item in, in the feed, and then hour two and three get filled in underneath it, um, even though I think they're posted in different orders. And then they do a summary of the show, which is condensed, the three-hour show edited down by some editor into a one-hour-ish program. It might be more like 40 minutes. And then that goes on top of that on the feed, and a little bit later in the afternoon, it seems, I, I haven't studied this, but this is what it seems like watching the feed and refreshing it over time. They actually slip in another podcast from their network to promote it. So they'll so, have their show and then they'll actually have temporarily the top item in their feed will actually be some other um, interview by some other person on their network um, that just shows up. So you're so getting like six episodes for the price of one. Yeah. Is what I'm getting, is what you're getting at. Well, weird. It's not just six episodes for the, the, like the way that they generate this is very sophisticated. And it also, every single one of these has, um, dynamic ad insertions baked into it too. And so for example, I connected, um, on a phone on T-Mobile and I got a pre-roll ad on it. And the pre-roll ad was make sure you dump T-Mobile, replace it with some other, you know, whatever carrier they're advertising. So they looked at the IP address, <laughs> knew it was assigned to T-Mobile and someone had bought ads against, um, users connecting with T-Mobile phones. Isn't, That's isn't that a little clever? Different? Yeah. So, um, so ice cube soup in the chat, he says that he thinks it has something to do with the fact that they're, full show isn't uh, broadcast in all markets. Yes, I believe that's true. Um, I think even when Rush was on, that's, that was also the case. He did a three-hour show that was, I think, noon to three Eastern time, and they would catch, like, the third hour, the second hour, or something would be on other markets or something like that. Um, but anyway, uh, I just wanted to call attention to that. It's something I've been, I've been interested in. Uh, I think their show is a little... Like, if you want to actually listen to the program, you're basically going to get Republican talking points. Uh, but if that's what you are what you want to hear, that's great. But also just the technical stuff they have going on. It's a very high-budget production, and they're doing some things differently from the other, uh, the other stuff out there. So that's all I wanted to say. You mean they're actually, like, 
doing things professionally. It's like a little bit of innovation. Unlike most podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's extremely high budget. Those contracts, you know, look at look at what Rush was making. Um, and those contracts um, got, I guess they, they didn't get shifted to him or anything, but the radio stations that had the EIB network under contract, it was like two-thirds of them picked up this show immediately. So right off the bat, it was like the number one launch podcast when it first came out. It was um, immediately... Uh, Immediately, really high download volume. You know, they started with a shitload of money, and they just it, some of it got spent in the right places. That's all I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> Would be nice to have that sort of budget ourselves, eh? <laughs> I could hire someone to uh, to uh, fill in for me once in a while. <laughs> I I really feel bad because with these absences, I've been meaning to record a uh, couple canned episodes just to keep in the in the saddlebag in case we need them. And so I want to plug the the ones that are planned. I have another uh, follow-up with Mark Christopher, which has actually been requested by a couple people. They want to hear that, and so we'll I'll get that. He's on a he's on some business travel now. When he gets back in town, I'll uh, catch up with him and see if I can get him uh, get him nailed down to record something. And I also have a um. NMR uh, analyst uh, guy, and I'm not sure how specific I want to get with him because I don't know how specific he wants me to get about it, but uh, nuclear magnetic resonance uh, imaging uh, in chemi- chemist- chemical analysis uh, using some of these uh, techniques, and I want to get him on an hour-long interview just talking about what NMR is, how does it work, what do you use it for, that kind of stuff, and so look forward to that. Better NMR than NMA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, that aside, uh, we're back, back in the saddle, man. I get some stories. You yeah. got some stories? Oh, I got loads of stories. I didn't get through any of my topics last week. Uh, for like essentially the first half of the episode, like we went two hours, and the first half was like uh, a one and I like talking about politics actually <laughs> wow and then um is the second hour just talking about covid did you break both rules or no no we just <laughs> broke the one no it's fine it's, they're all they've always been really loose rules i mean we uh we don't hide it too much yeah and i mean we 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 even bring up to <laughs> politics once in a while we just don't have them as like being topics for the show yeah well i got something to kick us off with uh, i got eight celebrities uh, charged by U.S. regulators for a crypto scam. <gasps> yeah. Dun, dun, dun! And they, they put some other nobodies on, in the headline, but the one that that stuck out for me, Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy is, yeah. uh, is Soldier Boy. participating in an illegal crypto scheme, according to BBC.com. And this is a story I'll link in the chat so everyone else can look at it. Now, they want to play up Lindsay Lohan and some other nobodies. Um, Akon, who cares? But I'm just soldier. Uh, how boy. about Kendra Lust? Uh, the porn star. Yes, I saw that on there too. Yeah, porn actress. <laughs> I don't know. Do they say porn star anymore? Is anyone a star these days? They, I don't think so. They say like porn actor or porn actress. <laughs> uh, adult film actress. Um, yeah. So this is just a classic um, being paid to promote something and not disclosing you're being paid sort of um, roll up, which. You know, I thought it was pretty well known that you had to do those disclosures, but I guess uh, the SEC uh, figured out that they hadn't done these disclosures and they're going after some people. So 
This is, uh, of course, U.S. Security, Securities and Exchange Commission. The, the, the thing that they were promoting was TRX and BTT. Um, I don't know anything about them other than they are shit coins. So there you go. Mm-hmm. But Soldier Boy, my man, so, I, you're not supposed BBC to crank that. Calls you know? Jake Paul a boxer. What? I thought he was just a fucking YouTube dickwad. I thought that was Logan. Or am I or thinking something. of? I might, no, I'm thinking of Logan Paul, aren't I? Yeah, Logan Paul was the uh, was the YouTube uh, douchebag. Yeah, Logan Paul yeah. was the. Their names are so dude. similar. I mean, J K L, right? J and L are so close together in the alphabet. So you know, I can be forgiven for this mistake. Yeah, and they're right next J K L, right next together on the keyboard. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, you can hit those if you're with a dead fish. That's all I'm saying. Flapping around. So there you go. I had some line about not that's not what you're supposed to be cranking, soldier boy. Go Superman some other hoe. <laughs> shit coinery. I can't I'm the most disappointed soldier boy I thought was above shit coinery. Obviously he's not. Well, I know, I guess. He still doesn't look like Goku too, so maybe that's uh <laughs> Did you ever hear that song that he did? Bitch that, I look, that, Bitch I look no, like Goku. I'm... <laughs> that was a pretty good one. Oh, oh god, he uh, Tell me you have a clip of it. Bitch, I look like Goku. That's what he sounds like. Yeah, just sing it for you. <laughs> bitch, I look like Vegeta. That's how the song goes. Okay, so... Over cal- 9,000? Vector, uh, was it Calculus 2 or 3? One of our calculus... One of the, the calculus courses I was in, it was either... Transcendental... No, it was... Uh, it might have been Calc 3. It might have been Vector Calculus. We had a kid in class in the front row, and his job... Every time there was a U substitution, the t- his job was to basically do the soldier boy thing. And so when they get up to the point where the next step is, and they point to him and he go, You! Like this soldier boy shit. It was pretty fucking fun. Jesus. Servo asks, remember the soldier boy handheld console? No. I didn't even know he had a handheld console. What the shit? Hey, I've got a handheld... What hand- games were available for it? Hey, baby, I've got a handheld console. You want to come over and play it? It's the <laughs> Abel Kirby handheld console. I've mastered my joystick. <laughs> Mute my cough button. It's dangerous today. <laughs> Holy shit, Soldier Boy did have a handheld console. What? 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 I did not know Hold about on. I got. That. I got to look this shit up. Okay, well, you're looking that up. I'm going to bring up um, another topic, adjacent topic. Uh, no, it's not. Oh, my God. And what? it was, like, from, from like, 2021? I, it doesn't... The Turder. The Turder. The Turder Pocket. It's even a worse name the than... Fuck? It's a worse name than Engage. Remember that one? That was Nokia. Hey, was at least at least the N gauge was a was a good idea. If the execution was really poor and it and the uh, final design was a thin re- thin reference to Goatsy. it had it had a dial pad on it and a hang up and call button, like a green phone and a red phone to to call and hang up. This is how you play your games and with the uh, with these buttons. It was so ridiculous. Like you're going to hold it up to your head to make a call. Ah, the N-Gage. Let's the N-Gage, see. yeah. And like I said, designed to look like Goatsy. 
Okay, let's see. Um, I get a headline for you. Hello Fresh dropping all coconut milk from Thailand over forced monkey labor allegations. Oop. What do you think of that? So this is uh, I think I think I think they need to stop monkeying around. They have a uh Peter's been on this. How chimp of them. <laughs> They've been uh using monkeys for manual labor at uh coconut suppliers. And not feeding them enough bananas? I guess. Not paying them enough bananas? I think uh, just the using animals to do these sorts of things is against PETA's uh, charter or uh, something that, they, that they're at their core oppose. So I don't know. There's, there's a good chance that if they're getting work out of the monkeys, they're being abused too because, you know, that's just the way things go. They don't have a union, I guess. No monkey union. No. Um, I wouldn't expect monkeys to organize in the first place. Mm. <laughs> this could go in so many different directions. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to get I saw that headline earlier today. I wanted to get that out there because of course monkeys are our business yeah. on Rare Encounter. All all the all these companies they're they're making they're making grillion dollars off the backs of these hard working monkeys. Mm. Alright, who be with the story? I can't keep this up. This is getting too ridiculous for I have to you. Stay muted because I keep coughing. Oh, okay. So I have been, I've been, uh, you know, I've been having problems with, uh, with my node, and more recently, I actually started having problems with my Nextcloud Pi, uh, with the SSDs used for storage for them going all fuckity. So I ended, I ended up buying a bunch of new SSDs and some RAID enclosures. So that way, if if one dies, I still have everything on another one that still works, right? And these actually draw power separately. They're not drawing power off of the off the USB on the on the Pi. They're instead drawing it from well, what was originally going to be a Walmart, and now I have an actual like USB power supply that should put out enough wattage. To handle everything. Oh right, I saw you. Anyway, uh, I anyway. saw you posting about that power supply on NAS, uh, or trying yeah. to find one. So I was actually, I was actually looking into, uh, like, the different the different power on on PSU on ATX PSUs because I know like you've got like your three point three, your five, and your twelve volt. Apparently, older computers would also have, like, negative 5 volts, negative 12 volts sure. DC. Yep. And also, I was looking at, I was looking into, like, how do you, how do you take uh, AC power out of the wall and create a nice, smooth DC at these, di at these different voltages? And so that was, that was actually really neat. I mean, I knew about... You you go through a transformer. You have a bun. You have like a diode bridge, and you have a capacitor to smooth things out. Mm -hmm. But there is actually a lot more to it than just that. Even with it, even just like that basic sort of uh, that basic sort of like transformation. There's actually there's actually a lot more that goes on in a PSU to give you a better, cleaner. Uh, level of power and so it was really neat looking into that oh yeah i was also looking i was also looking into like there is 
there's like various hacks out there about about like taking an ATX power supply and turning it into a bench PSU. Mm. And those were neat. And if it wasn't for the fact that I know that I would probably kill myself with electrocution, I would do that. Yeah, these um the two kinds of power supplies that uh, we have hanging around these days are linear power supplies, which are the kind of the circuit you described where you do have a transformer that's going to knock the mains voltage down to something more manageable. And then you have the full wave rectifier and some kind of filter, like a filter cap. Um, but yeah. lately there's a lot of, so if you pick up an old wall wart and it's really heavy, um, that's probably because it has a transformer inside. It actually has an iron core with windings around it. And the, the benefit of these is that you can actually get really clean power out of them. Um, the, they weigh more, but and they cost more, but you can get really clean power out of them compared to some of the switchers that you get. Uh, so the switcher power supplies are like um, SMPS, sometimes they're called switch mode power supplies. And they do things like... Um, it basically employ a circuit that inverts really fast, and then it uses that to charge up a capacitor um, to a voltage that's maybe higher than the input voltage was. And there's all sorts of names for the different implementations of those. Like there's a buck converter. That's most like if you go on yeah, the in- if you go on um, Amazon and buy like um, five volt power supplies. You know, there's a good chance that you're getting one of those in the the problem with them is if you put the output on an oscilloscope, you'll notice it's not actually a flat line at a DC level. It has all these transients every time this switching happens. And it'll happen at like 25 kilohertz or 50 kilohertz or something like that. Um, but even – and so the old days – that and the old days, I mean like the 10 years ago or something. You know, these were in everything and they're just the bane of – if you're trying to get smooth power and trying to get EMI out of shit that you're building, these things really ruin it. But there's actually some some even cooler um, things that they do where they, they'll actually, instead of having one switching frequency, they'll do um, spread spectrum on it. And so it diffuses all of the noise, all of the switching transients, instead of being concentrated at one frequency, they're spread out over a bunch of frequencies. And so that's one of the things... That's one of the things that this one video that I watched, I I didn't save the link to it. I should have. But this one video, like, it was it was showing inside the PSU is some stuff for reducing noise going back out on the power lines back to back to the power source, mm-hmm. right? Because like you want to you want to keep that to a minimum so that uh, the power, the power that your computer's using isn't like fucking around with power in the rest of your house going to everything else. I can, but the thing, the thing is, it showed like if you have like just the transformer and bridge rectifier, right? Normally AC, it, right? You have like it's up and down, it's a sine wave. If you if you take that and you put a bridge rectifier on it, the signal that you're actually getting is then just like the upper half of it. So it's like it's like Mario jumping, right? Which is why you put on the capacitor, right? On the on the secondary side of the bridge rectifier. Even then, you still have, like, it peaks, it goes down, it peaks again, right? At 50 or 60 uh, hertz, depending on, like, where you are, right? It should be... And um... there's apparently, apparently the switching ones, according to this video, 
are the ones that give you the smoothest power output on the DC side. The, I mean, they can say that, but I mean, we literally have in, in the lab, our experiences, the cheap Chinese switchers are, you're really, you're really rolling the dice if you pick one of those out because they, the power out of them just isn't clean. And I recently bought a bunch of these well, on Amazon you, and if test you, them. And if you, if you're picking the ch stuff from China, I mean, you're, you're getting, you're getting what you're getting, yeah. right? I I'm, mean, I'm sure there's, I'm <laughs> sure there's some really clean power supplies that you can buy, but uh, most of the switchers that, that you get, uh, unless you're going out of your way to get a clean supply, they, they seem to be crap. And uh, the, the old linear ones, like yeah, we have a collection of wall warts because they have the transformers in and you can wire them into stuff and uh, get clean power if you need it. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. So the, one, of the, one of the USB uh, power hubs that I was looking at had the 65 watts that would cover everything, right? And yeah, it turns out that if you only use one of the USB ports on it, you can get 65 watts out of that. If you're using all four, you get a maximum 10 watts out of each one. So yeah, fucky business going on with those uh, with those Chinese uh, devices. Mm. <laughs> Chinese but anyway, yeah. Now I now I know the. I got to see the uh, I got to see the. The pinouts for for version one, version two, ATX, like the main the main power connector, the one that goes that goes into the big long plug on the motherboard. Yeah, mommy, yeah. the mommy board. Yeah, the mommy board. And also, I learned that yeah, um, what I thought was the signal part of SATA connection is the power part, and vice versa. So I always, I always thought that the small part on the SATA connection was for power, and the wide part was for data. Turns out, no, it's the other way around. And not only that, but they actually stagger the, the pin lengths so that when you, connect, when you connect the device to the SATA cable, the grounds are the first thing that touch. Yep. Hot swap, baby. Pretty neat. That's how you do a hot yeah. swap cable. Or a hot swap connection. That's how it should be. I've also I've also learned how to how to make a Molex to USB power cable. Cool. So when are you yeah. opening your Etsy it's, store? I'm not. Just because I know these things doesn't mean I'm going to put them to I'm going to put them to use again. I could probably electrocute myself on something that doesn't have any power going through it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be something. I, I'm just I'm just fortunate that we are not in the days of like CRT televisions and people doing their own repairs to them because I would be that fucking idiot who accidentally touches the capacitor and like blows up the house. Oh no, the game's on tonight. We gotta get a new tube. We're going into town. We gotta get a tube. The game's on tonight. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, these were some neat things. And something else that something else that it led me into was uh, cable bondage. Hey, yes, cable. Yes, bondage. <laughs> is that on? Uh... I knew that would catch your attention. <laughs> okay, you got my attention. What's cable? What are you referring to with cable bondage? Is this a sex uh, act? Cable lacing, really, but I oh, find okay. it funnier to call it cable bondage. <laughs> but yeah, like there's a whole art. 
to how to lace cables together for cable management. Instead of using like the like the Velcro ties and shit, right? You take you can take twine and use that to actually bundle a bunch of cables together and have them pop out uh, from this bundle where needed. And so it was really neat to come across this. Yeah. It's got some it's got some good pictures and everything too. I'm gonna put the link for this into the chat. And yes, so it's I mean, if you've ever if you've ever worked on a ship, this should be secondhand to someone. Yep. Right? This is uh something that I would see uh, for aerospace assemblies, so cable harnesses for something that's going to be airborne or it's going to go into space, has to be, there's really rigid standards for how, you know, the instead of twine um, that you might use or cotton twine or something. Yeah, it's not really Teflon, twine. It's, it's use Teflon uh, ribbon. It's Teflon ribbon or, or like waxed linen. Mm. And um, there, th all of the people who are really good at this are basically all old ladies. That's my just subjective experience with this and they'll like i would have and there's a problem in the industry that no one knows how to do this anymore because the only people who do it uh are all retiring and no one else is being trained and so the skills of how to you know it's it's like um it's a skill you have to practice to get and uh there's just not enough people who know they how to should do it. be they should be training the they should be training anybody who's anybody who's a linesman in like any any like industry other than football right how to do this well they're not um but well, I'll, they should. When you when I met someone, I, I met a couple women who are just amazing at this. Where I'd tell them, you know, I need uh, four conductors or something like that, and I need it to be this long and whatever. And here's the connectors. And then they'd in ten minutes they'd have this whole assembly made from scratch, and all of the little ties were perfect. All of the ends were soldered. If there was extra contacts, they were all tinned, um, and it was just like done to a nat to a. Uh, I can't remember what the stupid standard was. A A APC 610, whatever standard. Uh, like that. And, and all the wires, if it was twisted pairs, they'd all be per they'd hand twist them, and the twist would be at the perfect regular interval, you know? just And they'd just do it by hand. Uh, it was, it's amazing to watch. It's a very, very uh, uh, important skill that's being lost because there's not. No one's practicing it. You know, everyone everyone who graduates now wants to get a six-figure job at a, a Silicon Valley startup or something like that or some other bullshit. They don't want to go work in a small microwave shop making cable assemblies, you know, and so. You know, some days I think it would actually be more fulfilling to be running cables from pole to pole than sitting behind a desk coding all day. Yeah, I mean, you can... I can see that. Um, I've never ran cables from pole to pole. I'm trying to get Neither my music I, But I mean, I mean, it definitely... I don't know. There, there's like some sort of, I guess, some sort of romanticism about those sort of, like, uh, blue-collar electronics trades, Fair right? I guess versus, versus software development where you're just like... Sitting at a desk all day. I got your cue here. Here we go. Let's try this one. Uh, yeah, no, maybe. No, I don't have the cue. There we go. The Wichita lineman, man. I am a lineman. 
for the county. You ever hear this? Uh, you must and have heard this song. This is no, one of my favorites. You don't know this song? Glenn Campbell. No, which I don't. Damn. Play it for a second. I hear you singing in the wire. Yeah, you should listen to that song. It's a really good one. I should. There's a really good baritone uh, guitar part inside. Uh, you missed, because I, I, I screwed up the fader, so you missed the first couple notes. Well, I, that might have been the bass. But there's, there's a great uh, baritone guitar solo. Yeah, that right sounded like middle, a bass. Um, right in the middle, which is uh, very simple. It's a really, really cool sounding track, and I love it. Clint Campbell. Yeah. Before before we jump topics, there was one other thing that I did come across uh, during my whole investigation into how I'm going to do storage for the Node and for Nextcloud going forwards. And there's actually there's actually a site that every year they do a review of SSDs. Uh, Backblaze.com has this annual uh, drive stats review. And I'm just going to put the link to the 2022 one in there. It's uh, It was pretty interesting going through that. Anyway, what I've ended up doing is I've got two Samsung SSDs. I've got two uh, Crucial SSDs. They're all one terabyte each. And so one of these RAID enclosures has a Crucial and a Samsung, and the other has a Samsung and a Crucial. <laughs> so the idea, of course, is... Even if, even if the drives that I got were from the same batches for manufacture, they're from different, they're from different manufacturers, right? With their own, with their own, like, fabs and everything. And so I don't have to worry about, like, you know, the two, the two Samsungs, if they die at the same time, I'm not going to lose everything because I've got that, I've got that mix in the uh, enclosures. I've got... I've got them set up for RAID one, right? So it's, so it's like uh, copy. E each disc is is a mirror of the other. Oh, uh, it's mirroring. Okay, is RAID? Uh, yeah. Which one was so RAID one? Uh, striping, striping is zero. Mirroring is one. What? That striping and then zero is other no ones RAID. that are mirror with pair with parity. But thought... you need at least three discs for that. Oh, I guess striping is zero. Hmm. I think okay. that's RAID five. RAID five is. Uh... Actually, no, I'm not even running. I'm running some hybrid thing that Synology uh, promotes, and uh, I actually don't know the details of it. I just clicked. It had a pop-up box that said, hey, our shit's better. I said, okay, I believe it. That's how, uh, yeah, that's how I'm, I do I'm, my I'm storage. consulting the book of knowledge as we speak, <laughs> and yeah, RAID 0 is striping. RAID 1 is mirroring. RAID 2 is... Bit level striping with multiple parity bits. So there is like you have n number of drives and you have n number you have n minus one uh, parity drives. Uh, RAID three is uh, is again uh, striping with a dedicated parity disk. Uh, four is again like that. So. Two is at the two is at the bit level, three is at byte level, and four is at block level for striping mm. with parodies. And then five is again block level striping, but parity is distributed. So 
the, fir the first block, right, the last disc has the parity. The next block, the second to last has it, and so on. I just store all my data in the cloud. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> yeah, you know what the cloud is. It's just someone else's computer. <coughs> yeah, it's uh, someone, <coughs> someone else's computer. Anyway, I'm looking forward to the day when we actually have, like, affordable 8 terabyte SSDs. So then I can actually, like, raid up my media box. Raid me up, baby. But, yeah, going setting that up is going to be slow hell. Mm. Because right now, I've got in my media box, I've got a 8 terabyte uh, spinning rust, right? And so even even fast, right? It's still slower than an SSD would be. Mm -hmm. Right? You're, I'm not I'm not constricted by by SATA. I'm constricted I'm constricted by the rotation speed of the drive. Right. Right? But you look at the cost of like even a four terabyte SSD is like fucking nine hundred dollars here. Wow. That's pretty I mean steep. that's Canadian dollars, so it's probably something like 75 cents in the states but you know it's still fucking expensive hmm. well i can't remember uh i'm looking at four terabyte 280 yeah i'm at i'm looking at seven cents a gigabyte for ssd uh it, internal ssds i guess so yeah so oh, those shit. those four one terabyte drives that i got plus the enclosures Cost me over five hundred bucks. Wow! After tax, that is rough. Yeah. Well, with all this uh, tech talk, uh, I just want to make sure you didn't talk about any of my stuff uh, from my one thirty seven notes, did you? With uh, a one. No, no. We. I mean, I didn't even cover anything from my own notes. We didn't touch your notes at all. Oh well, I had a a little bit that might be relevant to all this tech talk we're doing. Uh, as you know, or may or may not know, Leo Laporte retired from his tech guy radio show. And, uh... What? Yeah, so he's doing twit stuff. Leo, Leo actually retired? Yeah, that was his last... Or is it just from one show? From just the tech guy, which is the, the oh, broadcast okay. radio show. Um, on January he, he 1st... He's still, he's still showing off, he's still showing off his dick on his other shows. <laughs> oh, Leo. No, this is just the tech guy show. And they brought a radio replacement in. Were yeah. were you aware of this? It's Rich Demuro who is going to uh, and has been taking over taking over the uh, the show, or his version of it. Uh, I guess he took over the slot is maybe the right way to put it. And so he's a KTLA um, uh, kind of tech reporter. And I just wanted to highlight some of the tweets because I was I read this story and I said, oh, Leo Laporte. Okay, I've been a fan of the guy for uh, for a little while. Uh, not so much lately, but. Uh, Kind of got me started in listening to tech Honestly, podcasts. Honestly, even when even when I was a fan of this week in tech, I was not really a fan of Leo. Actually, yeah, most of the shows on this week in tech, uh, on not the show this week in tech, but on the platform where he had all these other things. It was kind of yeah, like the, the Twit Network. The weak part of the show was that he was on a he was on too many of the things, but it seemed like he was just there to do the ad reads most of the time. But whatever, um, I grabbed some tweets from Rich Demuro. And I just wanted to read them uh, so we can all figure out uh, this guy, if we can, if we're going to trust him to give us good tech news. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Here we go. Rich DeMuro says, am I 
Am I really the only adult that doesn't know how to shop at a grocery store? I mostly wander around aimlessly buying lots of snacks and other stuff that doesn't make meals. How can I get better at this? And this is what he posted on Twitter. Here's another one. Billion dollar idea for Apple. Custom iPhone colors based on hex codes. Choose whatever color you want and the phone is painted and shipped to you. <laughs> Cold acid. Just your reaction. Cold uh? acid. Exactly. Yeah, my reaction is, huh? So I'm just, I just. Who even is this guy? He's the tech reporter, the new Leo, Neo Leo. Okay, and this is Neo Leo. This is the brain (laughs) dead. This is the brain dead shit that he's posting on his Twitter. It's like, is there any sense of professionalism at all with this, uh, with this guy? I don't know. I shouldn't complain. I don't know. That doesn't seem like it. There's none with me, but. You know, does anyone else get a good amount of satisfaction out of a joke you make that lands some reactions in a group text? I do. Come on. Like, what the fuck is That's this? That's pathetic. It wow. Is absolutely that is terrible. Really sad. It's, it's not that I want to pick on this guy for, like, posting some dumb, like, shower thoughts. But I went to his Twitter and it was like, like this is all it is. It's the most banal bullshit. There's nothing about tech on I, it. I can't even. I can't even. I can't even pick on this. I just. I'm, I'm looking at your notes that were supposed to be for 137. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at these tweets of his, and honestly, all I can feel is pity for this guy. He says, "Noticed his a, life must be empty." <clears throat> Notice a new trend that many menu prices at restaurants now end in 95 or 99. He's talking about cents, 95 cents or 99 cents. Haven't noticed this where in a big going, way before. Where is he going where, where they still have like, where they still have like cents on the menus for like these sort of printed menus. They've been doing I only this. See, I only see prices like that for like fucking takeout joints. For, for a sit down place with like nice meals, it's like, integer prices now i've seen that but like you're just discovering that people put dot 99 at the end of their prices because it's really a dollar more it's like what are you where have you been under a rock this guy's just pathetic this guy's just pathetic it's like i can't even i can't even make fun of him that's how pathetic he is and so uh to, to make up for this i also uh brought a ktla story that he did um to show there is actual reporting going on, the tweets aside, I thought this was pretty interesting. They had a story about Suds Share. Have you heard of Suds Share, Cold what? Acid? No, I haven't. It is a uh, a startup that pays you to wash other people's dirty laundry. Fuck that! It's hard enough for me to wash my own dirty <laughs> laundry. No fucking way I'm washing somebody else's. I have a washing machine. Look, I got a really good Maytag set. Okay, match Maytag pair. I could make some money, dude. I I can't. My car will not work with Uber, okay? They don't like it. There's too many mods to it, okay? But the uh, the washer-dryer pair. But you can suds up somebody else's clothes. I could definitely you can, suds you up. Can wash their, you can wash their unmentionables for them. How nice. Yes. And uh, I can do it. I'm a man of the mat. I've been through the training. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I did laundromat duty for like, uh, what, the better part of a year? I could do this. So, I'm, so I'm all really you good need to do, clothes. all you need to do now is like, I don't know, change your name to Consuela. <laughs> yeah. So no, it. no, no. 
So there you go. That was my story. All right, you gotta give me one. I gotta take a break. I'm hitting my, my wall oh here. Okay. All right. So, uh, uh more t more tech stuff. Back back in December, I'm I'm pretty sure I mentioned this back then, but I went to World of Commodore like I try to do every year. That's put on by the Toronto Pet Users Group. And something that I picked up while I was there was this book from 1979 called Introduction to Microprocessor System Design. Ooh. Yeah, and it's it's pretty neat. It's it looks at things starting from like the uh, from like the MOS level upwards, right? Okay. And so it's uh it it's actually been a pretty interesting read even if it's like so far out of date that it looks at like the it looks at like the eight the eighty eighty and the Z eighty as like state of the art <laughs> and and like the eighty eighty six as the bleeding edge of technology. Nice, right? To, but well, yeah, it's a, it's this nice little hardcover book, and so I went and found that yes, there is a copy of it in Open Library, which is this library site that's run by the Internet Archive. Hmm. So you can actually borrow the, a PDF of this book if you want. Interesting. Preview yeah. book. Now, now, there's something else that, that I want to lead into from this. Because, I mean, the book is pretty neat. But right now, the Internet Archive's uh, library of scanned-in books is actually being threatened by various publishers. And there's like this whole lawsuit thing that's going on. Mm. And shit, I've lost the link for this, haven't I? Yes, I think I have. Well, you're fine. And I'm going to point uh, out that uh, uh, when I took a microprocessors course, they actually had uh, the 8088... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, those, those same microprocessors were still uh, reference designs that they had uh, that they taught against. So, it's but like the eighty eighty, well, yeah, I mean that and the like the sixty five oh two, the eighty eighty, the sixty eight hundred are like great <sighs> beginner chips when you're learning about microprocessors and microcontrollers. Yeah, just because they're old. The, I mean, fa they're the fact that they power, yeah, the fact that they powered pretty much the entire uh, microcomputer industry from the start until the IBM PC and compatibles became the popular choice mid-80s, right? I mean, that doesn't hurt either. Well, this is great. Uh, I need to find out how to get uh, one of these books borrowed before they go away. What's the, the rationale for, uh, for preventing a library from loaning books again in this so-called lawsuit? Um because they want, they want more money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it see. goes. Uh, here's a, here's an article from from two days ago on The Verge. Okay. So this isn't what I was looking for because they actually have like this whole petition thing and everything. But yeah, I just dug this up, and it's and so yeah, Hatchet versus Internet Archive in. Uh, I guess southern Southern District in New York. Okay, jeez. And like this is this is this is something like 
Controlled digital lending is how Open Library, the the Internet Archive Library service works, right? So you have your digitized copies of the books, and you offer them one at a time, one on one basis, right? So if you have one copy of the physical book that you've taken apart and scanned, then you only loan out the ebook one at a time, and you have like this DRM thing so that it the copy that you download that's been loaned to you expires after certain time, right? Right. But uh, there is a, there is this during the uh, during the pandemic, the the restrictions were actually dropped by Internet Archive, so that you could so that you could actually like lease like different books that otherwise would be restricted to you and now now they're the big publishers are trying to fight not only this but just like the fact that they're scanning and making these books available in the first place despite that most of them aren't books that they're even publishing anymore yeah some of them they probably don't have any rights to to begin with Right, even if they are the big five, there's a bunch of other publishers that have been out there, and some of which went out of business without, without like their copyrights being sold off to another publisher or anything. Yeah, and and so the publishers are calling this willful digital piracy on an industrial scale, sure. which is bullshit, of course. Now the publishers keep consolidating. Uh, I mean. Penguin and Random House are are merged, and Hachette is one of these. Yeah, at, at the, yeah, at the, end, Collins, of, at the end of things, yeah, at the end of things, there's going to be Hatch Collins, Wiley, and Elsevier, right? Hill with McGraw Hill somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, Elsevier McGraw Hill, Elsevier McGraw Hill. What a dame! Oh, Does that, Elsevier. that just sent that just sounds like a cold chill down my spine? Oh, you know? oh, Elsevier! I saw her at the prom. Elsevier? I don't even know her. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, and so <clears throat> they're just all merging into one super publisher, sucking up every uh, the rights to everything they can, and then uh, I don't know, I guess suing the world, and then trying to trying to steal it all away. Like that, like that shitty story that RMS wrote about, like what would happen if DRM is unchecked, right? You're, you ever read that story? His story about the library? No. Is that was that before or after his free software song? I'm not sure. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. RMS library story. Does this pull it up? Doesn't look like it. RMS Titanic. No, that has nothing to do with it. Uh. Richard Stallman library story. Anyway, anyway, I'll I'll find it. I'll throw it into the show notes. All right. Uh, I gotta wrap this up, Cold. I, I'm dying here. Uh, All right. We want anything else you want to tackle uh, first? Uh, just some just One some last chance for stories. No. Okay, let's do boostograms. And you want me to you want me to run through please, them? Please, please. Yeah, I can. Yeah, hit that. Uh, hit that snooze or. The sneeze button. <laughs> sneeze. That's the cough button. Yeah, the cough button. Whatever. You know what I mean. The sneeze button. All right. So, so coming in during the show, we start off with uh, Lavish. And Lavish, he sent in 
12,345 sats with the message, Ooh, Gila Douche wants to know where you and the other girls go shopping. Hee <laughs> hee. Uh, that wasn't the best Gila Douche impression. Oh, I, I think yours good. earlier on were better. You want to try reading that again? Yeah. Oh, Gilly Douche wants to know where you and the other girls go shopping. <laughs> That's there we go. Nice. That worked. That worked. Next up, Crunchwrap Supreme. And he sent in, he sent a boob donation, 8,008 sats. And he says, these nipples are made for milking. And, well, I've got to continue. And that's just what they'll do. And one of these days, these nipples will squirt all over you. That is disgusting. <laughs> you love it. Yeah. <laughs> is that the nipple squirting? Yep, that's the nipple squirting sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carolyn no. Blaney comes in next. She sent in 8888 sats again. And she says... I expected much more from Soldier Boy. Crank something else. Yeah, don't be cranking those shit cones, Soldier Boy. Yeah. She also sent in another 8888 sats, and that's the last one I see here. And she and she said this time, cable management begins at home. And now I'm inspired. I need to label the cables also. What are some solutions? Thanks. And let me tell you, my solution to this is actually one of those label printers. And what I'll do is I'll put out the name that goes on the cable, I'll do a bunch of spaces, and then I'll do that again. And then print out the label, take the backing off, and just wrap it around so it's like a tag sticking off, right? The uh, the end that ha the ends that have like the printing on it are sticking off, and that makes a great way of labeling your cables. Turbo <laughs> says, yep, this is the way. It sure fucking is. Oh, boy. And with that, I think that is, yeah, that was the last uh, That was the last boost during the show. All right. So I think it's time to wrap this up, because, yeah, you, you're sounding sick, boy. Yeah, I am. Oh, man. Well, thanks for putting up with me. I just, I didn't want to miss another show, so we did it. I, we'll be I'm back. I'm glad you were able to make it. Back next week with uh, Serpent as a guest. But until then... I've been Abel yeah. Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Stay fruity, boys. I had a good woman. Adios. Would you lay down, honey, and die? Oh, I had a good woman. Would she lay down and die? Don't you know everybody?